It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, and friend request, and I will probably give you one return. And I'm here to talk what else but wrestling and problems. Ah, seems like there should be something to talk about. I mean, it's been such a boring day in the world of wrestling. Wish I could think of something. I guess I'll, maybe I'll just make some BS up or something. No, I guess we got something to talk Oh, I have friends to talk to. I, can, I don't have to just filibuster by myself for a change. Okay, I guess I'll throw that in. Uh, let's see who is this is on this line. Uh, caller, who is this? Okay. Oh, it's our good friend Brian returning to the show. How's it going, Brian? It's going good, King. How's it going, wrestling with Problem Nation? Probably going pretty decent. Oh, we got another caller here. Two callers at the same time? Let me, let me see who this is. Well, I figured, you know, I hadn't talked to y'all in a while. I knew y'all need some expert advice, so I decided I'd be nice and lend my uh, surgically repaired voice and expert opinions to your show again. I'm sorry, who is this? Oh, real funny. <laughs> <laughs> It is Damn, it has been a while. It's been like, what, probably about two months? <laughs> Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you back. We're glad you're able to surge, you were surgically able to repair yourself and, and, and join us again. Like I said, technically, you've been back on the show, I think, once since you had the surgery, but it took you that long to recover, so we figured hopefully it won't be another two months before you come back. But welcome back to the show, buddy. Oh, I have been back since. Oh, wow. I'll take your word for it. At any rate, uh, I'm just guessing. Like I said, we don't we don't take DV, we don't take important notes here. We just go off the top of our head most of the time. But anyway, let's get back there. I know I know the main reason you wanted to join us today, so we're gonna jump right into that. Uh, the big news for the rest of the day is WWE Network has been sold, sorta. Basically, the way it works is. Peacock, which is NBC Universal's streaming network, it's actually a free network as of, you know, last I checked, will be buying the rights to the WWE Network shows. 
So uh, the in, the WWE Network, as we know, it will be shutting down starting March 21st, I believe it is. Uh, basically, the first pay-per-view that will be available via Peacock is uh, that will be uh, the March 21st because it's fast lane. So uh, I guess uh, WWE gets to make. I, I think WrestleMania follows right right before that. It's WrestleMania to be right before, right after, because I know they were talking about moving WrestleMania. But at any rate, uh, it's sort of a little bit, sort of in the era, sort of possibly, because it's a five-year deal that they signed with uh, NBC Universal to have Peacock take over the content at least for a while. So we were we we try not to discuss too many things off the air because it loses the freshness on topic, but. Uh, Chris raised a point in our like little bit of minimal pre-show conversation we had about uh, he didn't understand why we do it. So I'll, I'll let Chris go ahead and explain why you didn't think WWE should do that. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take it from this angle. It didn't make sense to me for them to give up the WWE network at 1.5 million subscribers. That's you know better than 10 million dollars a month. That's guaranteed money coming in. I don't know what it costs to run the network. I'll give you that part. But it seems like you don't want to give that up. It's already bad enough on the boys that pay-per-view money's been destroyed. Pay-per-view, you know, pay-per-view payouts were based on live attendance and uh, pay-per-view buys. Now there'll be no way of tracking who's watching pay-per-views, who's not. How 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 do the performers? The athletes, the boys, however, whatever word you want to use, how do you pay them now? How does the WWE make money off this deal? Because according to what I've seen, the Peacock Network will they'll they're going to charge five dollars a month. So for five dollars a month to get everything in DC, the WWE won't get all of that money. They'll only get whatever the contract is for. So I don't see how they're going to figure out pay-per-view anything anymore. It's almost like you're still going to destroy pay-per-view as we know it. Actually, like I said, like, since you said that, I did look it up and stuff. Like, yeah, so technically, I guess they are going to, uh, it'll be part of Peacock Premium that you get your uh, WWE Network with, not just with the regular free uh, Peacock that you have. But you know, I guess for me that's still a, that's still cheaper because that cuts the price in half, you know. So I guess yeah, for, for me, us, it's a week. For for me and you as the uh, WWE content consumer, <coughs> it works out pretty pretty well. Now, like like you mentioned, how it affects the boys and whatnot. I I'm guessing since they have a quote fixed cost for what they're gonna get per pay per view, unless. WWE tries to run a scam where they just do less pay-per-views, which would <laughs> make a lot of sense on their part, unless, you know, they already discussed with Peacock, you're going to do this set amount of more pay-per-views, whatever, per year. It would just make sense for WWE just to have less pay-per-views. And then, since they're, since they're getting a fixed cost per month, just split that up however they do it on a per-pay-per-view basis. So... Instead of you know we get five million for this pay per view, ten million for this one, and it just variant. They have they have a fixed cost for what they're gonna get per per uh, per year from that, as opposed to what they get on the network. So that shouldn't be that hard as far as how you divvy that up. Now I don't know if they have to cut new deals based on that. 
based on how they were previously playing the talent. But as far as the money, the money's easy to figure out. Because instead of, you know, this much, this month, this much, this month, it should be a consistent payout per pay-per-view for each uh, member of the talent, assuming they're still going to go on a per pay-per-view deal that way. So that's much easier to figure out, and it'll be less variance. Uh, and also you consider what uh, WWE is making that largely depend on the number of subscribers per month. Uh, this will be flat, you know, 200 million per year is the believed. It, is, it hasn't been officially announced, but it's believed to be 1 billion for five years, 200 million per year. So that'll be a lot easier as far as accounting goes. You'll, 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 you'll theoretically be getting the same amount every month, which is a lot better for the talent if they want cost certainty. Now you well, did mention. Oh, go ahead. They want to control the cost, but a big part of wrestling is how you control. If uh, if the main event is me versus Brian, and the world really doesn't care, we're not going to draw a lot of money. Why should we get the same cut as you versus Brian when you versus Brian can fill a uh, fill a football stadium and get a million extra people watching than me versus Brian? Why would I pay that be the same? The whole idea of professional wrestling is to create a story and create characters that put butts and seats and eyes and TVs to make people want to watch. That is how you make more money. But it, it's almost like they've removed that from the calculation. It doesn't matter if I draw or not. And the money's going to be the same. So if I draw a huge crowd, cool. If I don't, that's cool too. How, how does that work out? I will say in the short term, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but the short term is a little bit different now than it was, you know, pre-COVID. Right now, this whole year is probably going to be another largely washed out year due to COVID, although there might be people WrestleMania and we might start opening up, you know, certain other special events. I'm guessing maybe if there's fans at WrestleMania, there'll probably be some at the upcoming pay-per-views. But it's not right. going to be like the, the, the huge draws that we've had in previous years for different pay-per-views. Uh, in the short term, they get cost certainty with what they're getting for the from from, from the uh, Peacock, what they're getting from the TV deals. Uh, there's a good chance that a lot of the house shows are going away anyway. That started. That started. You know, they started realizing probably a little bit before Corbett before COVID that the house shows weren't making as much money as they were in the past and they weren't as important to the bottom line. But COVID era, you know, having that pretty much gone away, they've slashed those departments. And they realized, you know, TV is where we make our real money anyway. Uh, If we need to sell merchandise, we have WWE shop for that. So going forward, I think house shows are going to be a lot less important for it. So, the money they get from TV and the money they get from streaming is going to be the hugest portion of the pot. Now, if you're a WWE employee and you're in a contract for the next five years, theoretically, you have a pretty good idea of what you're going to be making over that time frame now. Uh, so, like you were saying, as far as, uh, well, if, if, the, if the main event's Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, and that does a big number, or, you know, the the, the pay-per-views, you know, Gilbert versus Gilbert versus, you know, some jabroni number two, then in the short term, it won't affect the talent that much because, because they do have the guaranteed money for the most part coming in. 
long term, that would be very, very bad for the business. But short term, it won't affect things because right now all the talent doesn't get paid the same money anyway. Even if uh, you know everybody's getting a check from the pay-per-views right now, everybody's not getting the same check. Everybody's getting a check if you're on the pay-per-view, but number, everybody's not getting the same check. So I think in the short term, who's drawing what doesn't matter as much. Or if the overall, you know, draws and ratings to the shows go down, they don't matter that much. In the long term, it would hurt the business, though. But as long as the SmackDown deal on Fox continues throughout the rest of this deal, throughout the rest of the Peacock deal, throughout the rest of the uh, the Raw deal, throughout the next rest of the NXT deal, then they're good to go well, that as far as making like money. Said, I'm, I'm sorry, I believe that? I read a day or two ago. I believe I read a day or two ago the NXT deal is practically dead. I don't think NXT is going to stay on Wednesday nights long. Oh, I agree. I agree with that too. I think it's going to stay, but I don't think it'll stay on Wednesday nights because there's no value in it for USA. Well, I'm going to say no value. There, the the value originally for WWE was putting it on Wednesday was to compete against AEW since they're getting their ass kicked in the ratings, and and they're. They're hurting their ability to sell ads. There's another show offering similar content. For USA, the value is for them is moving it to another night. They figure if they're losing by 100,000, 200, 300,000, usually in that neighborhood every week, they figure they can get, they figure probably theoretically if they move to Tuesday night or if they move to Thursday night, they can make up a lot of that difference. So I think NXT will stay around. It'll just be moving nice because that's the other. That is the another side benefit to this deal with Peacock. It's beneficial for NBC Universal slash Peacock for WWE to well, so they're going to continue. And then this sort of puts them in bed together a little bit more. So I think they're less likely to get rid of NXT and they're less like less likely to sort of have a significant drawdown on Raw if the ratings continue to stay in the crapper as opposed to previous years. I think they're in bed a little bit more. So I think a divorce is way less likely to happen now than it was, you know, two or three months ago. So I think this helps them out in that regard. And I think that was another reason why they did this deal in addition to just the guaranteed money and not having to go through the uh, the business of running the network, the logistics of running the network, the logistics of hiring the people to run the network, at least as far as on a technical. And obviously they're still going to need directors and producers and writers and everything to handle producing the content for them, but they don't at least at least now they don't have to go through the technical aspects of running a network, making sure that it's up, making sure that there's not technical issues regarding it. It makes way more sense to have NBC handle that for them and cut them a big check on top of it. So from that aspect it makes complete sense. Uh Brian, you have been silent so far, so we want to go ahead and jump in and give you a chance to talk about it if you want. You got anything to say, Brian? Uh Actually, I, I think you two have um, covered a lot of the same sentences. I'm, I'm not trying to regurgitate the same thing y'all said, but if you want, we could move forward. Oh, okay. Well, just just if we if we do if we're doing a quick math on what WWE is making, as far as controlling the network right now versus the rights that they're selling it for, and like I said, we don't know officially. We, the reports is 200 million, but those numbers aren't official. If WWE has uh, 1.5 million subscribers right now, and like I said, it's that's those are the last numbers we've heard. I, I I can't find anything that's exactly up to current, up to date right now. But if it's 1.5, that would generate 
that obviously times ten bucks a month, you know, minus the one penny, but I'll just say ten bucks a month. That would generate fifteen uh million a month times twelve months, one hundred and eighty million a year. So technically they're getting twenty million more than that right now. But there's also something else to consider. When WWE says we have one point five million subscribers a month, how many of those are within the you know the free seven day trial or the free month trial you get when you sign up to watch one pay per view and all that other stuff and all those other different promos and whatnot they're running. So if nothing else, theoretically they're making twenty million with the same amount of subscribers, but a lot of those subscribers weren't paying anyway. <laughs> so realistically, this is a good deal for WWE if if you look purely on the economic basis. Now could they theoretically? drive more traffic that way? Sure. But right now, this is a good deal for them. Now, another thing to consider is, I wonder, with them being added to Peacock, I wonder how many subscribers they'll have. I assume that the vast majority of WWE Network subscribers currently who already have the product will switch over. So, that'll make a lot of sense. I wonder, will they managed to gain any new subscribers as far as uh, well, I'm not, I don't even mean subscribers for WWE, but I wonder if more people will be exposed to the product. I know what Peacock is banking on is that more people will be driven to try their network and to pay for the premium version of the network because like I mentioned earlier, Peacock is theoretically a free network, but they do have different tiers. You can get the basic Peacock for free. I signed up for it not too long ago even before I knew about this, uh, I will obviously be signing up for Precock Premium now that since the, once the WWE Network is established with them. So for them, there's a, there's a nice benefit to that. But I wonder how many people will tune into the WWE product. Will it be increased? Will, will it still be the same roughly million to two million in any given month that WWE traditionally gets over the last, you know, however many years they've had the network. So that's something else to consider. If they get more exposure, less exposure, are they being exposed to new people who previously wouldn't have been exposed to the product? These are all things to consider when you consider what gains or losses WWE gets out of, it, get out of, gets out of this. But I would say in general, for the most part, it's almost all win, almost no loss. So, uh, that's my opinion on the issue. Chris, if you got anything else, anything else to add, I'll let you go ahead and uh, add anything to it. No, I'm, you know, I'm going to trust that the people who know all the details of right now scenarios and they're making the best choice for the business. Even though we sit here and hate on the WWE for what they do, it's in their best interest to continue to survive. So, you got to trust that they know what they're doing. Yep. Well, I, I guess I'm not going to always trust WD knows what they're doing. I'll trust what they, they know what they're doing money-wise. That that I'll always trust. Because the one thing Vince has always been good at is making money out of the core wrestling business. Now, some of his other ventures, not so much. But within the core wrestling business, he's consistently managed to make money on that. So that can't be questioned. Uh, actually, I almost let this slide, but I forget since with the WWE Network being so shut down, repurposed however you, however you want to look at it, NBC is going to be shutting down NBC Sports Network 
And a lot of people were wondering what was going on with, with that. But they will be transferring a lot of the other sports to Peacock. I'm willing to bet that this is all an associated move as far as what they're going to be doing with Peacock. Peacock is going to have a lot more sports screaming. I'm willing to bet. Uh, mainly NBC Sports Network, their main sort of claim to fame was NHL games and pre- Premier League soccer. They did you know, do some other things as well and some other, you know, sports that aren't quote as popular. Oh yeah, NASCAR. Don't let me forget about NASCAR. But they've already stated that the NASCAR, at least a lot of the NASCAR, a lot of the Stanley Cup games and some of the hockey stuff will be moving to USA Network. Uh, And then, like I said, I'm guessing some of the minor tournaments or other minor games and some of the other stuff they do, that's actually sort of already on Peacock anyway. But uh, there was a question, mainly I bring this up on a wrestling show because people were questioning, you know, how does this affect NXT? If USA is going to have more sports, will NXT be leaving? And I'm willing to bet that NXT will have a home just due to the fact that it generates decent enough ratings. And again, a lot of what the cable business is, is related to, uh, uh, as far as what's live. Cause you know, People are less likely to DVR sports-related content and things of those nature. That's why there is a little bit more value to sort of sports stuff. Although wrestling, not quite sports, but it's close enough within the within the genre that I will associate it with it for our purposes. But I guess theoretically, if it's in the network, it, it's it could go back to you know the WWE network that's within Peacock Premium, whatever else. Or they could keep it on the network. I'm willing to bet that most likely they probably keep it on the network. I'm guessing when they're negotiating this deal, one of the things that WWE probably wanted is to make sure the NXT stays on USA because they want to keep the exposure for it. So I'm guessing it stays there. Plus, again, they'll have the takeover. I'm sorry, go ahead. Now I was gonna say I was gonna say it'll like obviously they'll still have the takeovers if they want to put that on Peacock it'll probably still be the Peacock WWE tier or whatever you do that'll that'll probably still be there but it makes complete sense and again I do think NXT will be moving I I wonder uh, I can't remember I, I could probably look this up right now and see what uh, WWE runs uh, what USA Network runs on Thursday nights. But they keep saying move it to Tuesday. I keep I keep thinking move it to Thursday. Thursday is a higher rated night, and you, that way you theoretically will have wrestling every night of the week. Obviously, I don't think NST is all that concerned about competing with Access, <laughs> with uh, Impact Wrestling on Access. But still, theoretically, Thursday is a higher rated TV night, so it makes sense for, at least from WWE's perspective that they would want to move to Thursday. Now I don't know what else USA Network runs on Thursday night, so I'm gonna try to look that up. So uh, while I look that up. Chris and Brian, you can discuss any topic related to this that you want, and I'm going to try to look this up real fast. Brian, I yield the floor to you, brother. Whatever you want to go on. This is not you're not providing the, you're not providing the help that I expected to get. So uh, <laughs> I'm well, just going to like I'm just going to to filibuster my way through it then. <laughs> Well, no, I can filibuster. I'll give Brian a chance to filibuster, but I don't know what happened to him. But in Brian's absence, this is one of those things that, now we had the same discussion on a lot of aspects around the creation of the network. 
every time there's a big change in professional wrestling, a lot of us get a little apprehensive because you're changing the way it's been done forever, and things change. That's just, you know, a thing that happens in life. Change is inevitable. It's a thing that's happening. Um, I'm still curious on this one about after the whole COVID thing is over, I'm sure at some point Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views will have to go live again in front of live crowds. Now, I don't know if they're going to tour anymore. After the WWE sees what it, you know, they've already known what it costs to have a touring show versus having a show set in one place. I wouldn't be surprised if when it's okay to have crowds again, they try to run 10, 12 shows in the same place to see if people travel to that location for their weekly shows. If they can do that, they don't have to hit the road anymore. Everybody saves money except the fans in the, in the long run because instead of waiting until WWE comes to Chicago, now if I really want to see it, I got to get on the plane and go to Orlando. You know, it's awesome. I would be curious to see if they do that or if they just do their pay-per-views touring again and say, okay, for this special event, we're going to Houston. For this special event, we're going to Seattle just to see how they, you know, how that works. I'm expecting more changes in the world coming. You know, we've already had to accept a lot of changes with COVID. And um, there will be more changes. And when this is all over, some things will not go back to the way they were. You know, the way some things were are gone, and they just won't. They aren't coming back. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, I think, like I, said, like I mentioned, the WWE made, you know, they cut a lot of their live programming, you know, that, that sort of department out. They'll, not live programming, the house show programming, the people that work in that department, a lot of them were laid off. A lot of them won't be coming back. Uh, Sasha Banks actually mentioned that her matches are better now and her body her body and her mental health are much better not having to be on the road all the time. I think the talent appreciates that. I do think that the way you mentioned it probably would be a better way to go, though, as opposed to, you know, okay, we're going to be, Obviously, I think, you know, it used to be they were on the road like 300 days a year, if not more. They might be home one day a week back in the day, you know, back in the 80s. They were just like, back then they were wrestling, you know, a lot of guys might might wrestle 20, 30-minute matches every night, if not an hour match every night if they were like the main eventer. But uh, it was sort of cut back, you know, within, you know, recent history, probably closer to three or four days, three or four days a, a, a week. And then they would be home, you know, basically either, you know, either if they were on Raw, obviously for WWE purpose, if they were on Raw, they'd probably be home Tuesday through Thursday. Or if they were on SmackDown, they'd be home, you know, I mean, you know, Tuesday through Thursday. So, you know, the nights they weren't on live TV plus the weekend. So you, if you were SmackDown, you'd probably have Friday, a Friday through Sunday schedule. If you're on uh, Raw, you'd probably have a Friday through Monday or Saturday through Monday schedule. But I'm guessing, uh, the, the way that you mentioned would probably be a much better way to go. Like, instead of you're going to be in Seattle one night, you're going to be in Tacoma the next night, you're going to be, you know, in Portland the next night. It, it might make more sense to, okay, we're going to do three shows in Portland this weekend. That way you can more or less stay in the same location 
and you know, if, and we can make it a little bit more of a, like you say, more more of a destination for this weekend, you know, and then maybe maybe that maybe we don't do another set of you know shows other than like the Raw or the SmackDown this week, but maybe three weeks we do a set of shows in LA where we're there for the whole weekend, and, you know, concentrating a lot more on these quote major league cities, uh, and yeah. then if, and actually and actually it would make a lot of sense too especially doing that for like around the pay-per-view, you know, weekends since they already do a virtual already. But then like, uh, yeah, like I said, shows like Raw and SmackDown that are done live every week. If you want to travel, just do the travel that one night as opposed to, you know, having to be on a show road for three or four days. So if, if, you know, touring the smaller to medium cities that they traditionally used to tour in. So that might be a solution as well, you know. You might, you might like, you might do L.A. for three nights, and then maybe the fourth <laughs> night you go and do, you know, somewhere in California that's sort of nearby, but not quite in L.A. or something. So that would be another option that they could go with. If you remember, before the world closed, there was a couple times where around a major pay per view. You had SmackDown on Friday, NXT on Saturday, pay-per-view on Sunday, and Raw on Monday, all from the same day. So you get there, you get everything set up, and your production crew is done. We're set up, we're in place, all you got to do is change color of the ring ropes and the LED boards. You know, that's relatively simple. The talent... You let everybody know. Hey, get to Chicago. Oh, and if you ask, if you want to watch UK Chicago, Chicago is the closest major city for us. Um, but we tell the town, everybody get to Chicago by Thursday, and you'll be in Chicago from Thursday to Monday. That's just where you'll be. Logistically, it's easier. Um, now, as for the history of the business, that's not normal. But like we said, like I said a minute ago, I think the way is the way it was is going to die. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh yeah. And by the way, like I said, since since I did, you know, offer you up at that time to talk about, uh, I was trying to look up USA's Thursday night schedule. I forgot. There's this site called TVGuide.com that I hadn't checked in years because. Everybody that either has cable or has, uh, you know, some streaming version of cable, you have a guide that you can look on. But the problem is it's a little bit of a pain in the ass to try to do that while you're, you know, broadcasting live. So I just went to that site, tvguide.com. I don't think they'll be able to move uh, NXT to Thursday. There's no way that USA would get rid of Crisley Doe's best in the rev. <laughs> so I'm pretty Ooh. sure no, – they're they're just so locked in and all in on those shows. There's no way NXT could take over that. Yeah, they're not gonna give up those spots. No. And by the way, in case you, I know, if if you're not watching the uh, 
the King David Lane or the Wrestling with Problems live screen, I was making a condescending jerk off motion while I said that. So <laughs> those would be those would be movable if they wanted to do it. Because I don't, I think those are decent draws as far as I know. But I don't, I think NXT would probably be a, be a better draw for those nights. I don't know though. I, I don't, I don't follow the ratings for those shows, but. I could be completely wrong. It, it, it could be that Chris Lino's best draws five million viewers a week, and I can be completely wrong. But, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, you know what? I'm, willing I'm to guessing it's probably not the case. Huh? What's that? I'm willing to gamble that they don't. And for our younger viewers out there, before there's a TV guy.com, this is going to blow your mind. There was a thing called a TV guide. It was a little book. They either mail it to your house or you go to the grocery store and pick it up. And it had, it was like your TV guide uh, channel on your cable or uh, satellite service, but it was all in paper. It was crazy. And when he says it was a little book, he means literally it was a little book. Like it was a little magazine. <laughs> Actually, it used to be, there used to be two little books that were actated no three there was three little books that were magazines because like I said when we think of magazine you think of like something like you say mentioned the size of the magazine you think of a standard maybe I think eight by eleven or whatever the three little magazines were TV guy which was a little magazine you had Jet magazine that was like for black people <laughs> and then you had uh, Reader's Digest <laughs> those were the quote little magazines because <laughs> all the other magazines for the most part were full size you know traditional letter size, but you had those three little mini versions. By the way, TV Guy was for the rich folks, you know, or at least, you know, nice, worldly middle class. If you if you didn't, if you weren't in the money that would actually subscribe to that, you'd get a version of the TV listings that came in the newspaper. And for the most part, most <laughs> people saw that the TV Guy, and that's what most people used, but it wasn't actually the TV Guy. Yeah. <laughs> And it was actually a normal size magazine sort of book. And actually, you know what the worst part about that was, though? It would come in a Sunday paper. So if you needed to watch anything on Sunday before the paper came, like if you were up early on a Sunday, you were just SOL. <laughs> I think at one point they did eventually start releasing part of the Saturday schedule on that just to cover people, you know, Saturday and early Sunday. I think later on that might have been the case. But I remember pretty I much... It, did eventually. Yeah, but I remember for the most it's, part, it's I don't think that was the case early on. Like, back in the 80s, you were just SOL if you wanted to know what was on TV. Or you'd have to look at the last week's and, and try to guess and hope that it was the same thing. You knew that episode wasn't going to be on, but you knew what show was going to be on, hopefully. And also, you guys are coming taking the fact that you know, it was really hard to remember what came on these channels that we had. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's if you were poor and you lived, like, in the Chicago area. <laughs> you only had, like, five channels. <laughs> and, of course, when I say that, I don't mean that as a disrespect because I was one of the people that only had the – technically it was more than five at, at that point. At, at, at that point, we had – but if, if you want to go before Fox, we probably had seven or eight. 
in that neighborhood. Actually, now that I think about it, we probably had close to 10 back then because we had two PBS stations. We had 11 and 20. You had two, five, and seven, which was ABC, NBC, and CBS. We had a few independent states. So we actually had close to 10 channels. Now, if you lived in a small town, you might only have three channels. Or uh, some of them, they might add four because you'd have the three networks and you'd have maybe an independent station. But anyway, uh, I don't want to go too far down the road on our, you know, flashback to the mid-80s television because I'm sure half half of our listeners weren't born yet. so. (laughs) So anyway... Let's get back into it. I'm going to try to put Brian back on, too, by the way, because there was a little bit of a noise in his background, so I'm going to bring Brian back. Hey, Brian, did you have anything okay. to add to what we were talking about? Because I had to take you away because you had a little bit of noise in the background. So you got anything to add, yeah, Brian? Um, um, actually, that um, that whole TV cast thing, y'all had me um, thinking back to uh, when it had certain uh, um, people on TV shows that was on the TV guide network, like um, one time so I remember they had Laverne and Shirley on there, and they had um, um, the um, the cast of Happy Days on there, and I, I was like, you know what? I thought I was one of the luckiest kids around when I actually got that TV guide magazine. As I say, I had um, um, Laverne and Shirley. That now, I guess I'm telling my age right now, but. Yeah. That's what made me think back to. That's not, you know, I thought you were going to go with that. I thought you were going to go somewhere along the lines of th- saying Laverne could get it or something to that effect. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's no, longer, she, she's no longer with us, so you would treat her with the respect she's deserving of. So. <laughs> See, only the king will say something that, that I've seen. Anyway, let, let, let's get back to our topics uh, at hand since we're, since we're discussing it. Well, how did we – oh, yeah, we were – the NBC Sports uh, Network being shut down. I was trying to figure out how do we, how do we go on this long-ass tangent. That's one of the things I do miss about having all three of us together, though, because some of the best, most entertaining stuff is not related to the wrestling because the wrestling is in a little bit of a down period as far as at least WWE product. I'm really enjoying what some of the other companies are doing. But WWE has been down for quite some time, so it's really kind of a pain in the ass to discuss it some weeks. But the rants and rambles and off topics and things we get into are just so much fun sometimes. Sometimes those are the best part of the show. Anyway, I'm going to try to drag... I I will give you that. Yeah, I'm going to try to drag us back into one of the topics. We did have a core set of things we want to discuss. Uh, we got to make our Royal Rumble predictions. Luckily, there's not really much listed for Royal Rumble, so we should be able to make that fairly, fairly quick because there's only, other than the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches, there's only uh, two matches listed right now. So we'll get into that to close out the show. Uh, they'll probably do a little bit more of a filling out because they only have 12 of the entrants announced for uh, the men's match right now, and maybe actually, yeah, 12 of the women's ones announced. So we'll get into that just a little bit later in the show. But before we, before we get into that, we're going to move on to some of the other topics I wanted to talk about. Uh, did you guys have a chance to watch the uh, McGregor fight? No. Yes, I did. I did watch that fight. I was gonna. I was gonna say before. Before I get to Chris's opinion on it, I'm gonna go to what Brian said. Brian said no. So apparently you have ESPN Plus because you didn't get to watch the fight. And a lot of the people that subscribe to that, they paid their money for it, did not either. So they actually got 
refund trending on Twitter, I would assume that they gave a lot of people refunds. The, but you know what the best part about that was, though? The best part about that was was Dana White going after people who were streaming it illegally, <laughs> going hard at them, telling them don't to stream it. And then after that, that's when ESPN Plus stopped working for the most part. So the only people watching the fight were the people who were legally streaming it. So, <laughs> um, um, I believe the fifth. I would never illegally stream anything live. Of course. <laughs> Hypothetically, if I was going to do such a thing, I'd wait until after it was already after it was already posted somewhere else to watch it. But I would never illegally stream it. <laughs> oh yeah, speaking oh, no, of I illegal, live. Yes, speaking of illegally streaming, uh, side note, I've been meaning to talk about this for a couple weeks, but uh, I did finally subscribe to the Impact Wrestling Plus. I figured only six or seven bucks a month or whatever it was. I think I think it's six bucks. I think it's six ninety nine a month or something. But I decided I go, I'm going to go ahead and subscribe since they do give you quote a not not they don't they don't give you all their reviews. I think it's four major ones they don't give you, but they do give you some sort of monthly pay per view sort of like the, the old WWE in your houses, but they keep their four majors that you have to pay for separate. I figure that's worth it, especially since I don't have access TV. <coughs> so this gives me an opportunity to legally watch. The weekly show every week, and especially with the invasion of AEW, I've been a lot, been a lot more compelled to really look forward to what's going to happen on the show. So right now, as it stands now, wrestling-related streaming. I stream the WWE Network. I stream Impact Wrestling. I did cancel my Ring of Honor membership last year at the end of December. Technically, I canceled it earlier than that, but it extended one year longer than I wanted it to because I didn't realize it renewed automatically for a whole year. The, the, the December or September, whatever. So I got stuck with it for a whole nother year, despite the fact that pretty much everybody that I liked Ring and Honor left. <laughs> but I made sure to cancel it immediately then, so I didn't have to pay for it another year that I didn't want to see it. But. Anyway, that's off topic. Back to what we were discussing, uh, the uh, the fight, McGregor fight. Uh, basically, it was just uh, the first round was, you know, a fairly competitive uh, fight. Uh, the guy did a good job, though. Dustin definitely did a good job of sort of his his strategy was to sort of just take out uh, McGregor's leg. He just wore out his legs, and then you know, apparently it worked. Uh, he just tried to wear him down generally, wore him down, wore him down, and next thing you know, he was just basically just <laughs> he was on him. He was basically like like on him like Taz was on a jobber back in the <laughs> 90s ECW. He was just whooping that ass. He didn't su- he didn't suplex him repeatedly, but he did just sort of, you know, take him down and just start pounding him and grounding and pounding him. So Conor McGregor looked confused to where he was. <laughs> so good job by uh, Justin. I believe his name is his last name is pronounced Poirier. Uh, so he he did a good job, and they were he was actually talking about a rematch. I don't know why anybody would want to see a rematch of that, <laughs> at least if you were paying full price for it, because I don't think the results would be all that different. There's, uh, I guess some people are saying, you know, that Conor McGregor has made so much money that he just doesn't have the hunger anymore. That might be part of it. It also might, the other part might be just because he's rusty, because he's been out of the uh, octagon for so long. That was his first fight in like a year. He beat Cowboy. Uh, he, beat, he beat Cowboy like a year ago, you know, last year, right, sort of right before the lockdown and stuff again. 
Uh, he he got his ass kicked by Khabib, you know, a little bit more than a year before that. And before that, he hadn't fought since 2016. So he's really fought like three times in like the last four, almost four and a half years. He's fought like three times. Basically. So he's 32. So he's one. He's physically most likely past his prime. Uh, I guess you know one of the advantages to, to being an MMA star or a boxing star is. Uh, a lot of times, I think for those last five, six years, a lot of times you're just so close to the name recognition. You're in your prime when you're usually around 27, 28 in that neighborhood. A lot of times in your early 30s, you just keep coasting on that name and people just keep giving you checks. <laughs> so I guess if you want to take an ass beating and get a check, that might be a good way, way to do it if you're Conor McGregor. On the other hand, if you just want to sort of rest and sit on your money, that's another way to go. Although with you know, the lawsuits and court case that Conor McGregor has, he might be willing to take a couple more ass kickings because he needs to raise some money to pay some folks, whether they be lawyers or people suing him for untoward things he did, allegedly. <laughs> and I just want to make sure, that, I just want to make sure loudly that I did get the allegedly in there because <laughs> that protects us legally. As long as we say allegedly. <laughs> But even if you make air quotes or make the uh, <clears throat> even if you make air quotes or make the uh, hand yeah. jerk on signs. I was gonna say you say allegedly. I was gonna say you can you can do you can do you can with You can do air quotes or you can make a kind of some jerk on motion. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> Actually, okay, now that I think about I it, considering what he's accused of, I don't want to make the condescending jerk off motion. So I, I take that one back. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's just go with allegedly. Yeah, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that one. Allegedly is fine. I'm, I'm glad we don't have the uh, live stream up right now. Because after no, putting no, some further no, thought no, into that, it, I want to apologize that considering that what he's doing. That would not work. Oh, oh, yeah, but, let's not do that. Yeah, so, so uh, anyway, uh. If you if you pay for it, I hope you get your refund. If you were not able to watch it, that, that is that did that does appear to be the option. And congratulations to Dustin on winning the fight and Conor McGregor. Oh yeah! And by the way, did you see uh, Floyd Mayweather trash talking him, <laughs> telling him washed up and telling me he's a bum and telling me ripping ripping him off and stuff? I'm like, whoa! Here's the thing: if you beat the crap out of a guy, you don't want to run him down. That makes you look bad if you if he looks like crap. I would be talking him up if, like, if I whoop somebody's ass, I'm not going to talk about how, what a bum they are. I'm talking about how good they are. That just makes me look better. So that's something else to keep in mind. Right. I want to okay. make sure if I beat you, I want to talk about you like you are a legend and I was lucky to get out of there alive. Even though I'm not, gonna I'm, say, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to say I, w- I was looking to get out alive, but I'm going to say at least I want you, I want you to I want you to seem like you're a credible opponent because <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to make it look like I'm just beating up bums, you know. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, a little hyperbole, but I do I agree with you. I don't want to make you look like a bum, even though I want. If if you look like a you know they uh, the college football racing system suffers from this, boxing suffers from this. You know, you know, if I go out there and beat eight people in a row and make them look like bombs, you know, like the first person say, oh, Chris Bass is good, but he really didn't beat anybody. Yeah, because I made everybody look horrible. And nobody thinks the people I beat were incredible opponents. Well, 
Absolutely. Well, you do have a point. Now, I, I got kind of a different take on this, but either way I look at it is, okay, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Floyd supposed to um, beat the crap out of Conor McGregor, honestly? Yeah, you have a man. Okay, no, a man I was, who lives. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, a man who lived, breathed, and ate boxing for the best part of what, 15, 20 years? So you're going to get a UFC um, Golden Boy at the time, Conor McGregor, right? So he decided, well, I'm going to take this fight with Floyd. And how many years did he train in boxing? Do, do, do anyone know how, how many years he trained in boxing? How long uh, McGregor pure, trained in boxing? I would say uh, I would say in pure boxing, probably just a couple, because he was act, I think he was a boxer before he went to MMA, and then he went back and did some training for the fight. So he he had some boxing background, but more as an amateur. He I don't think he was a professional, or at least if he did it as a professional, it wasn't that long. Uh, the, okay. I would say I would say the argument for Conor McGregor, and obviously I was one of the people. I was like, I think Floyd's going to win because for all the reasons he's a boxer. The argument to be made for Conor McGregor was the fact that he was younger because he was only, he probably only went in like late twenties or around 30 when that fight happened. So that was, that was the only argument. The fact that he was younger and Floyd was, you know, semi-retired at that point, that was the argument for him. But I thought I went with everything that you said, you know, Floyd's a boxer and that's pretty much all he does. There's no reason that the guy that's been beating some of the best boxers in the world for like the last 20 years, even though he did have rumors of allegedly ducking a lot of people until it was a later time, but that's different from different times. He did still beat boxers that had been champions and world champions at some point. So if you can beat world champion boxers, even even if they're not in their prime anymore, or, you know, like Canelo Alvarez, guys that are sort of on the rise, but not quite at their peak yet. There's no reason to think that some guy who basically hasn't boxed that much in the last, you know, 10 years or so is going to be a guy that you're going to have that much problem beating. That said, when Tyson fought Roy Jones Jr., I actually kind of thought that Roy Jones Jr. would have put up a better fight than he did, mainly because Roy Jones had been pretty much, he'd only taken a couple years off, but he'd been fighting that whole time. He did have a rough, a rough patch in there where he was he took some L's, but then towards the end of his sort of competitive career. He did have a nice little renaissance. But then when I saw Roy Jones at the, at the weigh-in and stuff, I was like, oh, crap. I was like, nope. <laughs> Roy Jones does not appear to be taking as seriously as uh, Mike did. Now, obviously, boxing, particularly in the heavyweight division, uh, body isn't everything. But the fact that Tyson was clearly taking his training seriously and was probably in the best shape that he had been in probably, you know, 15 years or so, if not longer. And the fact that Roy Jones Jr. was not, despite the fact that they're in the similar age range, if I if I would have had a chance to go back and redo my prediction, I probably would have went Tyson. But realistically, I thought, I thought Jones had a real good chance. Obviously, I didn't bet any money on it. I wasn't going to go that far. But I thought Roy Jones had a good chance of, of beating Tyson just because, just due to the fact that more recent experience, more recent training and whatnot. So you never know how the training aspect, the experience aspect is going to work. But I'd say as a general rule, you know, I was definitely one of the guys that thought Connor has no chance due to the effects of all the stuff that Brian mentioned. So 
Thank you. It's, I, I, I did find most. Okay, for me, I, I saw that fight, and and I had people saying that why ain't um, okay why okay why isn't um kind of kicking his butt? I'm like, okay, so you expect a UFC guy who used to fight Miss Martial Arts to pick apart um, a great amateur boxer, a good professional boxer, and on top of that, he's a champion. Now, rather, he's um, an all-time great. That's up for debate. But No, no, no. That's few, not, that's, as much as I don't like Floyd Mayweather, the fact that he's an all-time great is not for up debate. Now, if he's is he the greatest pound for pound, the absolute that's best pound for pound, no. That, that's debatable. Because, you know, like the rumors, but as far as he is, by every measure that you come up with, he is a all-time great. That's not up for debate. Well, that, that, that's a different conversation I, um, I, I have with you, um, you guys a little bit later because that, um, it, it's some stuff on ESPN that was the one that was kind of like, uh, they 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 was making a similar argument to what you had said um, earlier about how how many people he allegedly ducked and the challengers and this that and another and it's like people made some compelling arguments but a win is a win and we got um t- um take it for for what it is that that's how I look at. It. Damn. Okay, I, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, we could come back and discuss that at a future time. If, if, you, if you have a link, if you have a, a link to an article specifically, send me the link, and we can we can we can actually make this a segment on a future show rather than just sort of top, off the top right, of the head. Because right, I was right. not like like I said. So send me the link. If you know the link, send it to me, and we can actually make this a segment on the show. I don't want to like derail the show too much going into into that too depth, right. especially okay. since I have not studied the whole debate that they had. But like I said, I basically raised my points on the issue. So, uh, but I am willing to have a further debate on it. You know, I just don't want to do it right now, not fully prepared. So, that's that's only one minute, one statement on this whole thing. Even though this is like this fight's like three years old now, there was been no way if I was Conor McGregor, I would have agreed to this fight without making it at least a two fight, if not a three fight deal. Fine. You're a boxer and you want to fight me in a boxing ring? That's cool. We can box. But part of the deal is after we box, you know, sometime in the not too distant future, we get an octagon and we're going to do it my way. Because I would, I would be looking at my long-term legacy. Like, I don't want the world to remember me getting knocked out, you know, because I got into your world. I would make sure that part of my deal was, yeah, Fine. Whatever. We're going to get in the box. We're going to do my thing there. We're going to see how it works out. But I get you in my octagon. You have to come into my world and play by my rules. And at least in my own head, I'd say I can, you know, pretty much pretty, uh, I'm going to all flee Johnson, pretty much have my way with you. That's not what I'd be thinking. If I'm an MMA fighter, I get a box in me. You don't know how to. You know, you don't know how to answer. You don't know what to do. His six months a year, whatever training, ain't going help. You know what? You know what? I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you specifically why that's not the case. If you were Conor McGregor, and that deal came to you, you would have took the deal. You know why? 
<laughs> Why? Because Mayweather was not making that deal. <laughs> and two, Conor McGregor made $30 million for that fight. <laughs> Conor McGregor doesn't make a million for a UFC fight in most cases. <laughs> so... Thirty million. Is, uh, Thirty million is uh, walk around money for Mayweather. Right, but Mayweather made a hundred million for that fight. McGregor made right. thirty million. McGregor has not made thirty million in the entirety of the rest of his UFC career. Now, maybe with endorsements, he's maybe made that much. But as far as his UFC career, you know, the actual earnings from UFC, I don't think he is not. I highly doubt he's made thirty million. So if, if Mayweather oh. says, "Hey, let's have this fight," I'm making you're making thirty million. You come back with, "I'm not making this fight unless you fight me in the octagon afterwards." And then Mayweather comes back with, "Then I guess we're not having to fight." Then you know what you're coming back with? Whoa, whoa! Did All I right, say we're not go. having to fight? And I, what I meant was, I really want it. But if we don't, if you don't want, it, we don't have to do it. <laughs> we right. can just go ahead and uh, you make your hundred million, I make my thirty million, and we'll do it. We'll, we'll, I, I guess we could do it that right. way. That sounds that sounds fair. Yeah, I, knew it was, I knew it was thirty million to a hundred million, but I didn't know that Connor had never made thirty million. Yes, I didn't know that he was paid UFC, never been that good. If you're a good UFC fight, you can make some good money. They got like bonuses and stuff. I think I think he made the the, the fight with Dust. I think he made like two hundred thousand. Now you can get more money for like knockout of the year and knockout of the uh, of the fighter, you know, the best punch and all that kind of stuff. They do have bonuses, but for the most part, you're not making that much per fight. So, so, so that thirty million was life changing money. Exactly. <laughs> like I said, like like you said, you'd be smart to bring that up with uh, Floyd Mayweather. But when he tells you no, <laughs> you're not telling him no back. That's not the way that's going to work. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, we didn't mention this earlier in the show, but I did mention this. I actually was planning on doing a show solo, like I've kind of done the shows the last few shows. But, you know, luckily I was glad to have my calls with me this week. I was going to start off the show mentioning that I'm in, I am in the uh, very, very special Midwest edition of the VOC Nation Bunker. We're hunkered down because we have a winter weather advisory for Stormageddon 2021. We're supposed to have the biggest snowstorm in like uh, two years. Originally, it was supposed to be six to nine inches. Now, it looks like it might be three, three six inches. The, the other part that I liked about this uh, particular snowstorm is they've been talking about this storm for like a week now. But it was 3,000 miles away when they first started talking about it. And they were like, it's supposed to come Monday. And then as we get closer and closer to it, I finally actually started checking the hourly forecast. As of, fri- as of Friday or Saturday, the snow- snowstorm was supposed to hit 11 o'clock today. Then the next time I checked, it was going to hit 1 o'clock today. Then the next time I checked, it was supposed to hit 4 o'clock today. Then the next time I checked, it was supposed to hit 6 o'clock today. <laughs> so I think if I keep checking the weather frequently enough, I can either get it canceled but then I thought about it. I was like, I don't want to keep checking it until it gets canceled. What I want to do is I want to keep checking it until it happens in July. Because I would love to have a winter, winter snowstorm in the middle of July when it's 80 degrees outside. That would be perfect. If I'm ever going to have a snowstorm, that's the way I want to do it. <laughs> uh, you know what? 
Yeah, I was gonna say that, that's the way to do it. I would love to have a snowball fight with it when it's eighty degrees. That would be so much fun. <laughs> Matter of fact, that's probably the most fun way to do it. <laughs> and actually, technically, I've 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 had a snowball fight when it was like in the summer. Because what I would do is I would take some snow during the winter. You put it in the freezer. And then you just nail somebody with snowball when it's in the summer. And you know what the best part about that is? It's not shit they can do about it because by the time they try, if they try to hit you with that snowball, it's already melted. <laughs> and they don't, unless they have snowballs in their freezer, they have no ammo to reload with. And even if they do, they have to run to their house, <laughs> go get it, come back out with it. You'll be in your house by then. So if you, so if you need a helpful tip, I'm thinking of the sheer of confusion. Because if you hit me with a snowball in the middle of summer, I'll be confused for a moment. I already will. You got a solid minute of me just sitting there. What just happened? No. By the way, Eric, you put that crap on TikTok as well. So, you know, you put it on your TikTok, put it on your Snapchat, (laughs) put it on your Instagram. (laughs) So you can monetize it too, hopefully, if you're lucky. At any rate, let's see what what else we got. Uh, make sure we cover everything. Yeah, we're yeah we're out of Royal Rumble because I wanted to make sure I covered everything before I moved on. So uh, looks like I have covered everything. So let's go ahead and move on to our Royal Rumble predictions. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we only got four matches listed, including the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches. So first, I'll go with the uh, single match for the WWE Championship. We will go to Brian first. Actually, this match has already been canceled, so I don't even know why they why they still have this up. Or did did they re did they reinstall Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg? Because I thought that was canceled due to him having COVID. Did they reinstall it? Uh, we gotta see what happens on Raw action. So they have that listed. I'm pretty sure that's canceled because he has a quarantine going on. So I'm guessing this match is not going to happen. But for the hell of it. Let's just say they do something with it. Does anybody think that Drew McIntyre will be loose and belt one way or another for this? No. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, Brian, you say no. Why do you think no? Uh, just because um, um, okay, okay um, Drew had recently um, lost the belt to Randy Orton and it really doesn't serve a purpose for him to lose it um, again, um, unless it's um, under some um, real um, great circumstances. Now, if you want to say that he um, injured and then Goldberg hit um, a spear and then he pins him on that, okay, that's one thing. But if it's healthy Drew McIntyre, um, actually, it adds more to his legacy to um, d- defeat the almighty Goldberg versus over to um, the, the, the feed Drew. Okay, now, uh, Chris, what was your argument? Well, Brian, I, I agree with you. You're 100% right in your analysis. But in the world, I'll be in Bill, Bill Goldberg does not come back to do the job. He doesn't do it. There's not enough money. There's not enough anything to get him to come back and do that favor for Drew McIntyre. I just can't see it happening. 
I don't even think the match is going to happen. I think due to the COVID protocols, I'm pretty sure once they announce him out, he's going to be out. But there is something else they could do. They could name Bill Goldberg the interim champion because that's something they, they did a little bit, you know, once COVID happened and people weren't allowed to travel. And I think this is something WWE should stick with. I hate when they strip a guy of the title because he can't defend the belt because of injury or illness or whatever else. They should do what, like, UFC does. If you can't defend the belt, you don't, quote, get stripped, but they name somebody else the interim champion, and they get to defend the title until you come back. And then when you come back, whoever has the interim title faces you, and then whoever wins that is the champion. So that is an option. I'm not saying that I necessarily think they're going to do that, but that would be an option. But when uh, I got to, like, like, like Chris said, go – Wait a minute, was it Chris that said that or was Goldberg? I think it was Chris that said that. Goldberg would not come back to do the job. It doesn't. It wouldn't really make a lot of sense for him to do the job at Royal Rumble. It would make sense for him to do the job at WrestleMania. So I was thinking that Goldberg was going to win this and then lose it back at WrestleMania to somebody, if, if Drew or somebody else. But not knowing what's going on with the with with the uh, the COVID situation and stuff, and the fact that they've canceled, even though they still have the match listed, I'm thinking that they might just you know push this back and have them face each other at one of the other pay per views leading into it. So they probably throw something else in here, some other sort of match or something. But I don't think this match is going to happen. So I don't think there'll be sort of any sort of title change right here. I think Goldberg and Drew McIntyre face each other, whatever the next pay-per-view is next uh, in February. So anyway, so I think this might be the first time ever that we've ever gotten three different answers <laughs> between the three of us. <laughs> usually it's, it's usually two to one or three all, but that is a new one. So anyway, Let's move on to our last man standing match for the WWE Universal Championship. We got Roman Reigns, the champion, with his advocate, Paul Heyman, versus Kevin Owens. Does anybody think Kevin Owens is going to pull off an upset here? No. No. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Kevin Owens has a snowball's chance of hell of winning this. If, if WWE has all I have been talking about this in the show, well, I think that's forever. Yeah, SmackDown's been built around Roman Reigns for like the last however many months. So, you know, I kind of look at that. You know, SmackDown, which is which is the, high, the highest rated, you know, WWE show now, since it's on network television, it's consistently been outdrawn well for a while. So it's pretty much all the purposes of the quote, A show now. When you build this show around a guy, it doesn't make sense that leading into WrestleMania, you have him drop the belt. No, Roman Reigns is the franchise of WWE right now. Drew McIntyre, you know, has this place as WWE champion, but Roman Reigns is the franchise in the face of WWE, ways, way more so in any way than Drew McIntyre is. So it, it would make no sense to drop the belt to anybody, but especially not Kevin Owens. Now, if they want to eventually sort of build up that sort of Daniel Bryant role for Kevin Owens down the road and have him beat him at WrestleMania, and then they just start decide to tell that story, okay, maybe you do that for WrestleMania, but you're not. I don't think you're gonna do that at Royal Rumble. Okay, um, I, um, I, I, I go, I go with that one actually, just because at, I, I think we all agree with this. Why would that make sense? 
as much as I like Kevin Owens, why would it really make sense? And, no, and no. that's where you got to ask yourself. And like, like I said, let me point out too. I, I like Kevin Owens too. I think he's a very, very talented guy. I was actually, yeah, yeah. You know, I was kind of surprised when WWE signed him because he didn't seem like the quote the guy. He didn't have a look for them. But then they actually did sign him. They've never given him the sort of long-term push that they gave to Roman Reigns or something like that, where you're on the top of his period. But they did let him, you know, have they did let him have a, cu- a few couple coffees with the title. So I'll give him, I'll give them that much at least. In the past, that never would have been a thing where a guy like Kevin Owens could have got the one of the top titles. So that you know, a little bit of progress here and there. You take it where you can get it. Okay. Anyways, like Chris, it's not, not like you were going to say something. So what you want to say, Chris? Well, I'll just the theory of Roman Reigns. He's being a monster right now. He's doing his whole head of the table thing. He cannot lose now. He goes on a tear. And I'm thinking WrestleMania, uh, let's see, 21. They should be building for WrestleMania 2023, whatever number that would be, where he faces the Rock. That is where I would be. I would be looking that far ahead with this game right now. 2022, possibly, but I'd like, if it was my call, I'll try to run this out to 2023. Need two more years of this. As as he builds his family, as he brings all his quote unquote family to the table. you know, you get the other Uso in there, you get Naomi in there, you get Naya, you start bringing up all the kids. And as you break, as you grow your Samoan family, the funny thing is, these are all legitimate family members pretty much. Uh, you grow them. You get, I would try to get Jacob Fatu over there personally, because that would be the guy to have. Because you got to have that wild dude to really come to the ring with us. But I would want Jake Fatu there. I was building the table. And, and at some point in the distant future, Roman realizes there's one person missing from the stage and belongs there. This young lady is exceeding. When he goes to bring her to the table, that's where her dad pops up. That's where it all falls apart. Because it's now, you know, that would be the most logically long arcing story you could tell with Simone Johnson being the final piece of the puzzle to get everybody at his table under his ring. And that's why the rock would come back. Like, all right, cut the bullshit. What you do with my cousins is what you do with them. That's my daughter. You cannot have her. You know, that would make the most sense. That would make sense for the Rock's part. That would make sense for her Roman. That would make sense for everybody. That would be the play. And you can drag this out two years. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that I love the idea. I, that's something I hadn't even considered. I love that idea. And like you say, dragging it out over two years makes more sense. Uh because the word on the street is the rock will not be participating in WrestleMania this year. And it wouldn't really make sense uh to try to drag in even more stars for WrestleMania that won't have full fans that they you know you, since you can't have full fans you, you won't be able to generate as much revenue for it but next year assuming everything should be open back up again and they'll be in a full football stadium that would make complete sense so 
Yeah, I love everything about that idea you just stated, and also especially the fact of dragging it out two years and sort of, you know, letting the rock come in next year for it. So, brilliant booking by uh, uh, Chris Best. You know what? You know, I think one of these days they might allow you to book a show somewhere if you, if you keep that up. Yeah, you know, I, I've always I've always wanted to book a show, but I have this reoccurring fear that I'll book something, I'll come up with some creative shit, and uh, the people working with me will go rogue in the ring and say, F what Chris just said, I'm going to do it my way because they don't see the long-term base. They want to get their shit off and do their own thing and show off to their three bodies who showed up to TMF. Well, you know, you know how you guys are laughing for that, though. You tell them, hey, you go rogue. You don't get your hot dogs and your popcorn. <laughs> All this still popcorn that you're going to get after the show, it's going in a garbage bag. You're not getting any of it. <laughs> and then they call him a bastard afterwards. <laughs> oh, definitely. At any rate, uh, Let's move on to our last two matches for the evening, as far as what we have at least listed. I'm, I'm sure what's going to happen is after we go off the air, they're going to announce five more matches for the show that we don't get to predict, because that's the only disadvantage to doing a show on Mondays now, as opposed to Wednesdays, when we usually would have the full card out when we can make our predictions. But anyway, uh, these are the 12 uh, interests listed so far in Women's World Rumble match. We got Nia Jax, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooks, Peyton Royce, Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler, Lynn Morgan, Ruby Riot, Tamina. And the best part I like about this because they actually list who was announced where. Obviously, you get some announced on Raw, some announced on SmackDown, but then you got Charlotte Flair announced on WWE.com and Peyton Royce announced on Twitter. <laughs> really spare no expense announcing it on Twitter. But anyway, uh, you don't have to. You're not. You don't have to limit your picks to any of these twelve people. But these are the twelve most likely to win. Just the fact that they're already in the match so far. So uh, I'll go to Brian first. Who you got? To me, who will make um, the most sense um, will, um, will actually be uh, Bianca Belair. That makes the most sense. That's, but still, is that who you think is going to do it, or is that just who you think will make the most sense? I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you think she's actually going to get it right now? Uh, probably not. Um, it, um, it, it's not her. I, um, I actually think um, they, they're going to try and do um, Shannon Bates. And Chris, who do you think? Well, I like Shannon Bates' idea. But Vince doesn't like her. That's not Vince's girl. I don't know what she did here, but Vince is not a shame of fan. Um, I love Bianca Belair. She, she's a great talent. She's future. She ain't now. So I'm putting all my money. Here's Women's Royal Rumble winner. Thank you, ladies. Interesting. Completely going off book. Like you said, it looked like she might have had a little bit of a rest. You know, obviously she had 
childbirth, so that's rough on the body, but she's, you know, been able to rest for that for a while. I didn't even think but about that. She never quit working head. out while she was pregnant. And I've seen, I saw a picture of her like a week ago. She has not, she didn't gain a pound with that baby. She hasn't gained, well, she's obviously gained a couple pounds. She's lost all 88. She looks like she's in good shape. She talks like she's in good shape. I believe Becky Lynch should be back for the Royal Rumble. No, that, that, like I said, that makes a lot of sense since she hasn't been announced yet. That would be a great, quote, surprise entrant into the match. Uh, since I had not predicted her, I'm not – I didn't – actually, I didn't make my prediction at all yet. Like, literally, I'm considering my options right now uh, as far as who I think is going to win. But since I'm, I'm obviously – since Chris picked that and I hadn't thought about her, I'm not going to guess that as who I think is going to win. I'm going to stick with somebody – this actually in the match already has already been announced. And I'm factoring in Asuka's a champ and Sasha's is a champ. So I'm figuring most likely whoever's going to win is going to be somebody in the match. And actually, I think I'm not going to do that. Actually, I think I'm going to take a, a, another surprise person myself. But it's not somebody that Chris picked. It's not somebody that's listed in the match. You know who I'm going to pick? Somebody that got a shout out on on earlier today from Stephanie McMahon, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> her contract expires this year, so if they're going to use her, this is probably one of the last chance to do it. So this would make a lot of sense as far as getting because as far as I know, she has not been announced as pregnant. So if she's not pregnant, this might sort of be the last sort of chance to get a last run for her, at least within WWE. I don't know if WWE would be looking to sign her again if she doesn't work for them again and just sort of cruises out the last couple years of her contract. So I'm going to go with Ronda Rousey, pulls off the another surprise entrance and, 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 and does it. So uh, that's my pick. That wouldn't shock me. Last, but not least, we got the men's Royal Rumble match. 12 or 30 entrants have been announced as of today. We got the following entrants listed. Daniel Bryant, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Otis, The Miz, Jay Uso, Cesaro, Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Shinsuke Nakamura. I will go to Chris first on this one. Chris, who you got? Do not know what I'm thinking. It's gonna sound stupid. I'm expecting a big pop when WWE announced that they have signed one Jay White from uh, New Japan and all the other companies y'all know him from. I really feel like he's gonna come to WWE and he's gonna make his appearance in the Royal Rumble. That's my surprise prediction. But as for a winner. I don't know. I really don't know who would be a good fit for a main event at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns can't lose in WrestleMania yet, so I'm guessing a good guy who's single. I don't know. 
I really don't know what to put there. So let's go, Daniel. Let's go, Daniel Bryan. So I, I picked the name, Daniel Bryan. Okay, you got Daniel Bryan. Who you got? Who you got, Bryan? Uh, I guess it's all though. They have actually sort of built. Actually, the interesting part is we had this discussion. I think it was last week, and I was like, they can't build him up fast enough to do it. But I told him how they should do it if they wanted to do it, and they proceeded to do exactly that because he's beat two world champions recently. <laughs> so on the one hand, it makes me feel like they were half listening to me and half listening to you. <laughs> I'm actually trying to do a quick scroll through the quote WWE superstar roster to see if there's any surprise person on here that I haven't thought about that might win. Actually, interest. I have an interesting choice. <laughs> I'm actually going to steal Chris's idea though, but I'm going to use it for somebody else. Somebody that's sort of you been off the before. Well. What's that? I'm going to say you're going to use Mr. and Mrs. WWE, the king and queen of the company. That would be a good way to roll with that. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is my yes. prediction. Mr. and Mrs. WWE. Yep. He sacrificed himself previously and now he's back. So uh And actually like 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 since you mentioned, that would provide a, a, a nice opponent for Seth Rollins if he wins and decides to go and, and go against uh Roman Reigns, because you know we ne- we've never seen that match before. That would be unique. We've never had any members of the Shield ever go against each other. So <laughs> that's never happened in recorded history. <laughs> never, never <Yeah>. has happened <laughs> ever. <laughs> so yeah, that's my prediction, okay. Seth Rollins. And the messed up thing is, I can actually see them. Screwing this up again by doing exactly that. No, but realistically, uh, I'm joking about it right now, but realistically, Seth Rollins, but having him face Drew McIntyre would actually make more sense. I would I would much rather see that than see Seth Rollins fight Roman Reigns for the 100th billionth time. <laughs> Seth, you know, that would be the, that would be the angle sure. I take with it. And I want it. I think the same show. They can do their promos together. They can do the whole family thing. I can make them the biggest baby faces the world's ever seen. You know, you come out there and just got to be good, wholesome, decent people. You can make the world love them. Yep, absolutely. I think that covers it for this week. Uh, before we go, Brian, you had any th- final thoughts? You want anything you want to add into the show before we go? Uh, well, my final thoughts is um, if um, anyone um, got a chance to watch um, Ring of Honor, you may want to um, check that out um, um, on the uh, on the I mean on the Ring of Honor Network along with. Support your indie wrestling um, via YouTube or um, other uh, media um, outlets. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, you got any final thoughts before we go? Absolutely not. I got nothing. I want to say support indie wrestling. 
I uh, hope it comes back soon. Uh, I will say take the time to really think about how the world changed. Think about the things that we take for granted on a normal basis. And find a way to make yourself a better human being, wherever you are. Wherever you are, I'm sure you can somehow not be better. So uh, use the time to do that. Well, since uh, Chris had his, like, uh, little spill and Brian had his, I'm, I'm going to add a little one, too. Uh, support your local backyard wrestlers. Uh, it's really been a tough time for the untrained people who just fight on two-by-fours and trampolines. Uh, they've had to try to do that while socially distancing themselves from each other and their opponents. So it's been a really rough time for them. So if you see somebody just, like, you know, wrestling against a broom or – or you see you see a, uh, a junior high kid wrestling his little brother or sister or wrestling with a dog in a backyard somewhere, throw them a couple bucks, you know, make them feel like they're a professional wrestler, you know, throw them a hot dog and a bag of stale popcorn, you know, make them feel good about themselves because they're not the future, but they might be the future of the future. They might be a talented wrestler, you know, 10, 15 years down the road at some point. <laughs> so, uh do what you can to help them out. Any rate, I'm King David Lane. Check me out at, at King David Lane on Twitter and most social media platforms, as long as as well as King David Comedy. Uh, check out my uh, open mic at Deep Performance Comedy Theater Wednesday nights in the middle of East Texas, Gary, Indiana. Uh, buy our shirt. It's a wrestling with problems shirt. Uh, there's a link on the. Uh, it's pinned to my at King David Lane Twitter account. You want to get the link for the shirt. Uh, and also, please give us a uh, thumbs up or a five-star review on your local uh, platform for downloading the podcast and whatnot, because that helps us out, helps express us to more people. It helps the algorithm, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, at any rate, you've been listening to Wrestler Problems. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. I came looking for booty. I like you, and I want you. Now, we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. The charge is yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.